Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, we got a lot to celebrate over those past 22 years, and it's going to be a blast. So hope that you'll come and join us for that. No matter where you kind of entered into Fox River at that time, this may be your first week here even. It's just going to be such an encouraging time to be a part of. Hey, I'm Pastor Rob, and I want to welcome you here all in Waukesha. I'm the campus pastor at our Muskego campus, so I got to give a shout out to all my friends there in Muskego, as well as in Waterford. And then, you know what? We have people who are joining us week after week, more and more throughout the world because of technology in our online campus. Can we just welcome them as well and just say thank God for that? Man. That is so good. You know, we're talking about and have been talking about the last few weeks, Jesus over everything. And I keep hearing people saying, man, this has just been so helpful to to challenge me to rethink where is Jesus in my life? Well, today we're gonna talk about that same topic. And you know what? Jesus over everything makes great words to a song, doesn't it? And there is a song. It makes a good logo for a shirt even, but it's not just intended to be those things. It's meant to be a way of life for anyone who says, I'm a follower of Jesus. It's to be the way that we live. So we're gonna look today at something very specific, and that is that Jesus over everything, he makes a difference in our homes. In fact, we're gonna look at that the home is actually gonna be a great place where we're gonna see four different revealers of whether or not you personally are willing to put Jesus over everything. In particular, Jesus over yourself. And they're not gonna be easy things by any means. Jesus over everything begins at home. Would you say that with me? Jesus over everything begins at home. One more time. Jesus over everything begins at home. Now, some of you are like, as I heard somebody um, just a couple of days ago say, uh, what if that's just me, okay? Got it, get it, all right? The things that we're gonna talk about though are for every Christ follower. He's just gonna direct it towards certain people in the home. So even if right now you're like, I don't have anyone to share this with. Well, that may change, okay? So it's good to have that, but you probably also have brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and grandchildren that are gonna need to know these things and they may come to you and ask questions even, believe it or not, right? About what's going on in the home. And so we need to be equipped no matter where we are. And like I said, these are gonna be equipping for any Christ follower. So let me ask you to do this. Would you grab a Bible and turn to a book maybe you've never really heard much about, a book of Colossians. Hopefully you have because of this series because that's where we're working our way through is Colossians. Colossians is a New Testament book, so grab your device of preference, or if you got a physical Bible, you'll find it in the New Testament. Get past the Gospels, and you'll find some letters that are written by a guy by the name of Paul. And in particular here, he writes to a group of people in a place called Colossae, all right? And the interesting thing is is that he had never met these people before. So it's kind of odd, right, that you'd write a letter to people you've never met, but he had heard about their faith. And he knew, you guys just need to hear about how Jesus is over everything. And so he began to flesh that out through this letter. You know, when it comes to really looking at these revealers or some might think, well, these are just good tips, these are helps. 
There's a lot of family advice out there, isn't there? And so before we begin reading, I have a question for you. Now, you have to do this quick. So that same phone, if you, if you just opened your Bible to there, I want you to switch over to your camera right now, okay? Because we're going to do a quick poll, and you're going to be able to see some of the answers come up here on screen, actually, if you participate in this. So get them ready. And I want to give you four things, at least, that I heard many times growing up and have used myself and still here today as some of the best advice in the family. I want you to tell me which one maybe that resonates with you the most here, okay? So scan that QR code, and that will give you access to be able to um, participate in this. But A is actions speak louder than words. B, don't go to bed angry. C, assume the best of each other. Or D, choose your battles wisely. We'll leave that up just for a minute here or so. Now, when it comes to advice, one of the things we have to realize is it's just advice, right? When you treat something as advice, it's kind of like, well, that's a good suggestion, but if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, okay? And that's where advice can oftentimes fall short. It's kind of like just a suggestion. Well, we're going to see that Jesus over everything in the home, it's going to take some extraordinary type of living. What he's going to do is he's going to take it up a notch. He's going to take it to the next level because the words you're going to hear, they're not going to be easy. They're going to be anything but easy. So it won't be your typical family advice. It'll actually reveal, though, like I said, whether you are putting Jesus over everything at home or not. So before we go there, let's just kind of see where we're at in that poll. You can use the poll throughout the service here, but let's just see what's come up so far. Oh, that first one, right? Okay, actions speak louder than words. Who has heard that and used that before? Okay, oh yeah, right? Because that's our desire. Like I said, all great advice, but let's look at what really reveals whether we're willing to put Jesus first. Let's go back to Colossians chapter three, and we'll dive right into them. Starting in verse number 18. They're gonna be a stretch. I'm warning you here, okay? Right out of the gate. So we see Colossians 3, verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Now, as we look at these, I wanna give you some common truths about each one. None of them come easy, would you all agree? None of them come easy, all right? Beyond that, it's very tempting though to think that the other family members' responsibilities are more realistic than mine. Let me ask, anybody read in that passage something that's difficult, anybody else like that? It's like, Ooh, that's smart. I want to swap out with somebody else here, right? That's very tempting to do. Each one is possible when we do them for Jesus, though. Every single one of them. And lastly, each of them is worth it. And it will change your family. It will. So, right out of the gate, wives submit. Wow. Strong words right there immediately, right? It's like, oh my goodness. What is he saying here? Immediately that may cause a reaction. I was tipped off to that reaction as I was preparing this message. I just got this idea. I just kind of need to know how that sounds to my wife. 
My wife's read this passage before. She's even read the one in Ephesians before. And so I thought she'd be like, yes, amen. Man, isn't God's word just wonderful? So I said, I just, I'm gonna give you two words and I want you to tell me what your reaction is. I said, those two words are this, wives submit. Without missing a beat, immediately she said to me, you need to find a different word. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, every version of the Bible I can find. Submit, submit, submit. There's a couple that say be subject to. I'm like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll go back to the Greek. Do you know what submit means in the Greek? Anybody have a guess at all? Nobody? Submit. <laughs> Say, what do I do? What do I do? Well, let's talk about submit, okay? Even though the Bible word is submit, I am gonna give you another one, okay? But before we do that, why is that word so hard? It's not the word actually itself that we struggle with. It's really the abuse that's come along with it at times. You see, Paul, he used that same word in another letter to a church that he helped start, that he introduced Jesus to. And that's in a place called Ephesus. And so you'll see a letter written to them and it's called Ephesians. You'll see the word submit used twice. And the first time is in verse number 21. And he simply says this, something that we always have to remember. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's not just the wife's job to submit. He will go on though, and he will, after he clearly notes that each of us need to submit to each other, he goes on to be specific to the wife that submitting is a part of a marriage, a Christian marriage. If you're not a Christ follower, he's not talking to you yet. I hope that will change for you. But he's saying, look, wives, in putting everything under Jesus, that means what's gonna have to happen in your home is you're going to have to trust Jesus when you go ahead and say, I'm going to submit. Now, like I said, there is another word that we use in English that would be very, very similar. Think of it this way. What does it mean to submit? Yield. How many like yield signs? I like yield signs better than stop signs, but I really don't care for either one. But I have learned the value in them. In fact, you know what? About a year ago, I had something happen that I had actually something strange going on this last two months because I've had three friends and one family member in accidents that totaled their cars. I'm like, what in the world is going on here, okay? Actually, I could say five because two of them were between two friends that I know. So it's like, okay, that one was probably the worst one. But what I know about it is this. In fact, when the, the officer who came to, to my accident said, what happened here? I said, two cars tried to occupy the same space at the same time and it didn't go real well. <laughs> we call that what? An accident. And so to avoid accidents, what do we do? We put up yield signs at intersections so that one will defer to the other. Why? Because the end goal is that both are able to move forward. That's why. But there has to be a yield that goes on in order for that to take place. And so God's saying, you know what? Wives, would you yield? 
Would you yield? It doesn't mean that your husband's always right. It doesn't mean that he's smarter than you. As soon as you bring up the word submit, the natural response is to think inequality. That's not what this is about. Not at all. The natural response is to think, but what about husbands? We're gonna get there, believe it or not. We're gonna get there, okay? There's a lot of natural responses. If you're thinking, so why do I have to be the one that yields? Let me just get something clear right away if you haven't figured this out. I'm not God, okay? So I don't have the complete answer on that by any means. In fact, if you were to ask wives, they would be able to give you a better answer than any of us men could give on this one. But there is a connection that is greater than anything else when we do what Jesus says and when we trust him. I do know that. And that is so, so very, very important. And so when we do, we need to look at Jesus because Jesus actually did this himself. You may say, what? What do you mean by that? How so? You see, submitting is deferring to someone else. And one of the most powerful times that we see this, and there are many in Jesus's life, is when Jesus is praying to his father in a place called Gethsemane. You'll probably hear about this over the next few weeks even just because of Easter, because it happened right before Easter. He prayed, and this was his prayer. I'll give you the first part before I give you the second. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. He wasn't talking about a physical cup. What he was talking about was the cross. He's saying, if there's any other way out of this, would you let me know? If there's any way out of this, can we take that route instead? But without stopping his prayer, he continues it on with these words, powerful words. Yet not my will, but yours be done. That's submitting. That's yielding. And so to submit anywhere in our lives is to be like Jesus. Wives, submit. Why? Because Jesus over everything begins at home. Like I said, we're gonna get to the guys because our next revealer shows up, doesn't it? You see it there? What's it say in verse number 19? Husbands, love your wives. Now, how many of you are thinking, that's the easy one? How many wives are thinking, I am so lovable, he's off the hook? <laughs> this is not right. This is not fair. How many guys are thinking, it is the easy one? I'm gonna take some things off the table right away, guys. He is not talking about romantic love here. He's not talking about sex. He's not talking about the love that we use many, many times in our life. He's not talking about Culver's Turtle Sunday love, okay? You know the type when you're going through the drive-through, you pull up to make the order and you're starting to salivate because all you can think about is vanilla custard covered in caramel and pecans and hot, not hot chocolate, right? Chocolate fudge. Some of you are like, I gotta go to Culver's right now. Because you're thinking what? You're thinking, I love, I love Turtle Sunday. Anybody there with me? That is like my favorite treat right there. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about perfect love, which is Christ-like love. There's a Greek term for it called agape love. 
And so when God says, husbands, love your wife, it's not for all the things she does for you or brings to you and the joy that you receive from them. He's talking about a love that's described in another of Paul's books that he wrote, his letter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, let me read this description. Let each of these just kind of linger in your minds. This is how husbands are to love their wife. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Love never fails. Anybody think that's easy anymore? It's not easy. And guys, we need to do a better job at it. And you can't be waiting saying, well, when she starts doing her part, I'll do my part. That's transactional. Jesus' love is unconditional. We know that because that same word love is described again in a place called Romans chapter eight, verse 38 and 39, where he says this, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, nothing at all, he's saying. There's nothing left, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, that's love right there. Unconditional, unconditional love. To love like Jesus means to love at all costs. You see, Jesus showed his love by dying for us. He gave his life so that we could have life. And if you've never received that, that's your next step. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That is your next step if you never trusted Jesus and received his love, which came through the forgiveness of your sins and salvation and life. These are really hard things to submit, to love like Jesus. But guys, husbands, to put Jesus over everything needs to begin at home. And if you're not doing it, that needs to change. It needs to change because it's so important to change our families. What about children? What about children? Children who are still at home, how many do we have with us today? All right, go ahead. Okay, awesome. You still have an authority in your life called your parents. God's gonna be very specific with that actually, but before he does, he's gonna be very specific with you. And again, it's hard, it's next level. I can almost guarantee you, none of your friends are gonna give you this advice. Not a one. Children, obey your parents. That's a hard truth, isn't it? It's like, what? We're not talking about abuse situations. We're not talking about when they tell you to do something wrong. It says, children, obey your parents. It's next level but I wanna give you a phrase that might be helpful to you. And it was a phrase that was given to me to help me when I have authority in my life. But let's just do another quick poll. How many adults have authority in their life still to this day? Oh, wow, man, not many of us, I guess, huh? Okay, we do, right? It doesn't just go away just because we grow up. 
And so somebody gave me that advice. When you have authority in your life, you need to learn to influence up. And I quickly learned that the best way for me to influence, not manipulate my parents, was to listen. You see, to listen is what obedience means. And don't get me wrong. I wasn't always convinced that they were wiser than me. In fact, I spent a good amount of my life believing that I was smarter than my own parents. It's not that they always had my best interests in mind, though many times they did and most times they did, but there were times when they didn't. And you know what I had to do at that point? I had to give it to Jesus and say, when I can't trust my parents, I'm gonna obey them because I trust you, Jesus, and you tell me to. It's a hard truth. And I had to learn it over and over, sometimes the hard way, in fact, only to come out later realizing that my dad's words that stuck with me, such as this one, you're gonna thank me for this later, actually came true at times. And sometimes I did thank him, but I didn't believe it in the moment. Children, we need to obey our parents because that's the way God set up for us to have Jesus over everything in our homes. And so with that, obeying our parents, children, putting Jesus over everything begins at home. That's the relationship, obviously, from child to parent. But what about the flip side of that? He gets very specific here with the fathers. Doesn't mean mothers don't need to take this and hear it because you can do this as well and it's very important that you do. Women tend to be more nurturing though than us guys. But look at what he says here and it might sound a little strange to you, but Colossians chapter three. Again, just drop down a few verses. We'll see it here in verse 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Embitter. Sounds a little strange, right? But it sounds very, very much like another word that we are familiar with. So just hack off those first two letters and what do you have? Bitter. Saying, dads, do not make your children bitter. Do not discourage them. You're trying to bring them up to become adults. And so make sure you're living your life with that in mind to take this seriously, to look at it, and to say, I'm going to do everything I can to help my child to grow, to be like Christ, to not embitter them. But it's really hard, isn't it, to not do? It is, probably harder than what we realize. But to not make bitter is so important. And it's a way for us to put Jesus over everything, beginning at home. You see, I don't know if balance is the right word, but it seems like we need to strike a balance, and it's a hard one to find at times. And that balance is between support and challenge. You see, if you support a child too much without challenge, do you know what you're going to end up with? A spoiled brat. You are. You notice he doesn't deal with that side because most of us fail on the other side. And that is, you know what happens if you challenge without enough support? If you keep saying you can do better, you can do better, but you don't help 
with that, you end up with a bitter child who probably doesn't want anything to do with you anymore and they're gonna run from you as soon as they possibly can. We can't be embittering our children. And this one gets handed down, I notice, from generation to generation. I mean, when you think about it, what if Jesus wasn't over everything in your home? It's a hard thing to break that cycle, but guys, you need to break it and break it now. It's not the legacy that you wanna carry on. And you'll never have an excuse before God when he says, why did you treat your child like that? Well, because that's the way my dad treated me. That's not a good enough excuse. We need to lead in this. We need to make sure that we are both supporting and challenging our children in ways that push them to be like Jesus, not push them away from Jesus. You see, they're hard hitters, aren't they? Every single one of them. They're difficult. And they're all interwoven. And as tempting as it may be to say, you know what, if somebody starts pulling their weight, then I will pull mine. No, you can't do that. It does make it easier, obviously, when everyone will commit saying, I'm willing to do this. So I'll give you some next steps. One's very general. Wants to help you in your next step as a Christ follower. We have something called Next. It's meeting right after service. You can go ahead, be a part of that and find how can you continue to grow in your faith to be more like Jesus. If you're married or even engaged, I wanna encourage you to check out something called Re-Engage. It happens here every Tuesday night. And it's helping couples grow in their faith. When they come in, they ask, would you rate your marriage from a one to 10? And sometimes we have people who say it's zero if it's even that. And then we have some who come in and say, mine's an eight. You know what is common about each of them? They can all move forward because a zero can go to a two quite rapidly. An eight can go to a nine. I don't know if you can go to a 10. I'm sorry there. I'm not sure about that one. But it's a place where you can come and walk beside other couples and you can grow in putting Jesus over everything and let it beginning begin at home. Use the QR code, find out more information about it. Show up Tuesday nights at 6.30 right here at the Waukesha campus. If you're a parent, child, we have something called the legacy path. It's actually something new. You see, spiritual maturity is a lifelong process and you can walk alongside other families along that path. So Pastor Josh and the family team, they put together a resource called the Legacy Pathway. What it is, is it goes from birth all the way through graduation of high school and hits the different milestones that you're going to see along the way that you can use help with to move through those milestones. And so use that QR code, look for Legacy Pathway and you'll see more about that, but make sure you're taking advantage of those resources and those next steps. If you're a Christ follower right now, Imagine what this will do to your family. If you all make a commitment that you're going to put Jesus over everything. Because I thought, what does it mean to not do that? It's not like I'm putting my home over Jesus, right? Like, is that bad? No, you're not even doing that. You see, when we say, I will not submit, I will not love, I will not obey, and I will continue to make my children bitter, you're putting yourself over Jesus and yourself 
over your family. That's why it's a revealer. If you're serious about putting Jesus over everything, it begins at home. It has to. You can't jump past that. So Christ follower, make a commitment to God. Will you do that? In a moment as we pray, I want you to personally pray to him and to let him know, I'm committing wherever you're at here to put Jesus over everything. And then I want you to do the boldest and probably the harder thing. When you get home today, I want you to put that on record. And it may be through a confession that you haven't been doing it well and that you're gonna try harder and that you're going to access the grace that Jesus gives each and one of us because we can't do it without him. None of this is possible without Jesus, none of it. So as I mentioned before, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, his salvation, his love, that's your next step. Because these things, they're not gonna be doable without him. They won't be. So as we pray in a moment, would you trust him? Trust him with your eternity, with your life. Just join me in that prayer. If you're here today and you wanna trust Christ as your savior, because you realize you need him and you've never done that before, then pray to him right now. Maybe something like this. Dear Lord, I believe you say that nothing can separate me from your love. That means even my sin, but it has up to this point. And so I'm bringing that to you and I'm asking for you to show your love to me by forgiving me of my sins. And I wanna receive that gift of salvation that you offer to me. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you'd say, that's me, I'm trusting Christ for salvation today. Would you just raise your hand? Our campuses as well, if you would, just indicate that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Lord God, help us to be moved, to be changed, to let our actions speak louder than our words even, God. Help us to trust you, not just for our salvation, Lord, but in our homes as well. We praise you, we thank you for being our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and everyone in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,